two people. Praise God, Grace. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise right now. I just want to publicly praise and thank the Lord Jesus Christ for bringing me through, bringing my family through this week. If you have that same testimony, that same praise, you need to lift up your hands and bless the Lord. Open your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for what he has done. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. So, look, I'm going a little old school on you. Yeah, because it's been that kind of week. Uh, it's, been, it's been a crazy week, but thank God. It's the Sabbath. Um, can I get a little more in this mic, please? A little more. Um, we're going to take our devices. So that's not the old school part, but I brought my Bible. <laughs> if we can take our devices or our Bibles, whatever we have, and turn to the book of Ruth. Ruth, the third chapter. And if we could stand together, those of us who are able Let's stand together, thank you, and read together the first five verses of Ruth chapter 3. When you have it, say amen. Um, I'm reading from the New King James Version. You just follow along or read with me in whatever version you have. Uh, the Word of God says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter. Shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. At the what, everybody? The threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be, when he lies down, that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. The title of the message is simply The Threshing Floor. The Threshing Floor. Let us bow our heads together. Father, we bow in reverence to you. In worship of your majesty, in celebration of your wondrous deeds, in, in magnificence and splendor, beholding you in your glory. And ready with ears and hearts to hear and receive the word of salvation, the word of truth, the word of life and light and power from your mouth. God, I dare not ascend this pulpit, Lord, unless you join us here. Unless, Lord, you are the one who does the speaking, the preaching, the teaching. The exhorting, the encouraging, the rebuking, the reproving, whatever else needs to happen, that, Lord, you do it. And, Lord God, we pray that the word would go forth with such power, Holy Ghost power, that chains would be broken, uh, deliverances wrought, 
healings, manifest, blessings, flow in abundance to every waiting, listening, hearing, believing, receiving heart. And even those, Lord, who may hear but not in a position to receive as they should. God, we pray even now that your Holy Spirit will prepare the ground of their hearts so that your word can be received into good soil and bear fruit to your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, let all who agree say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Refreshing floor, refreshing floor. I, I want to tell you that um, this has been a week of weeks. <laughs> um, things happening at work just really uh, took us through, took us for a loop. But I praise God because He is a miracle worker. He does wonders. And he shows up always right on time. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Um, so we've been going through the book of Ruth. And just to recap very quickly, uh, one, one, one major thing that pops up in my mind as I've been reading, preparing, studying, meditating, uh, is that the book of Ruth shows us your present location is not your final destination. Your, let me slide this a little bit. Your present location is not your final destination. See, Ruth and Moab, Ruth and Naomi in Moab were faced with starvation and death. But they went from starvation and death Sure, starvation and death in Moab to feasting and life in Bethlehem. See, just because they were in Moab and in that situation didn't mean that that was their final destination. Bethlehem, which literally means the house of food. Now, y'all don't know. What some of y'all act like you don't know what a house of food is. You know, some of us, once upon a time, some of us were college students. And, uh, and, and, you know, there was hardly anything in our cupboard, Pastor. But, but your peanut butter and jelly, if you had that. Uh, 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 ramen noodles, Frosted Flakes, anybody, Apple Jacks? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was the college cupboard. But, but lo and behold, there was that, 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 that auntie or that, or that, or that, 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 that Gigi or, 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 or whoever it was off campus. Come on over, sweetie. I got food. So, so, so the, you had a house of food. It was so bad. It was so bad for, for, uh, for our college students. And I love my college students. Um, we, uh, our first district that we pastored in, we had a uh, campus ministry. And, uh, and, and those kids found out that if they came over to the pastor's house, we had food. <laughs> Some of them even took the liberties to do their grocery shopping at our house. I said, excuse me, you, did you put these groceries in this house? <laughs> then they just say, oh, Pastor, go ahead. <laughs> so you might be in Moab now. But just because you're in Moab doesn't mean you got to stay in Moab. 
Your job prospects might be looking a lot like Moab right now. You might be experiencing a dearth of finances in Moab right now. Oh, I ain't got no witnesses here. Uh, You might be reeling from the side effects and symptoms of a bad breakup or divorce in Moab. Or you might be experiencing the heartbreak, the suffering of of losing a loved one, a spouse, a child, or, or some other loved one in Moab. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there's a word of God for you today. There's a ream of word that says that though you might be in this place today, you are not going to be here forever. There is food for you in Bethlehem, the house of food. See, because in our Father's cupboard are groceries. Ah, yes. Thank God for Bethlehem. Moab is your present situation. But your present situation is not your final destination. And God says to you, and the word of word says to you, get thee out of Moab. God's got something better for you. Now, that's not enough, though. Because, see, when God blesses you, how many of you know that he's not blessing you just to bless you? So look, 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 let's, let's follow, let's follow, let's follow along, let's follow along. Because, because one big thing about the book of Ruth is about location and relocation, right? So Naomi and Ruth, who? Naomi and Ruth together make this move. And when they got to Bethlehem, they indeed found bread. But God had more than bread in store for them. God says that he will give us double for your trouble. <laughs> you, I, don't take my word for it, though. The word of God says, Isaiah 61, verse 7, for your shame. Your what, everybody? For your shame, you shall have double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that we serve a God that though we might be in shame right now, he takes us from shame and disgrace and delivers us by his amazing grace. He will give us double for our trouble. You might have trouble right now, but God says, I'm going to give you double. You might have disappointment right now, but God's going to give you double. You might be discouraged right now, but God says, I'm going to give you double. You might have stress and distress on top of your stress, but God says, I'm going to give you blessing and rest. Double for your trouble. So now that's the setup for Ruth 3. Because God took Naomi and Ruth, put them together as a team, joined at the hip, joined at the heart, joined together in worshiping and serving God, and moved them out of Moab. Now, let me tell you something about movement. When you make moves in your life, it isn't just you making moves. God is moving you, and he's moving you with people. And he's putting you together with people so that you can make moves. As you move upward, there are folk that you are bringing with you. Amen? 
Amen. So, so, so what's going on here, Ruth chapter 3, look at Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Naomi says to Ruth, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you? Now, that's the new King James. The, the, the uh, King James says something else. I forget what. But it says something different. Now, but I like that word security, though, because it wasn't just about Ruth and, and, and Naomi getting food. They were eating. They were eating good. But it wasn't enough because God had more in store. So here's Naomi and says, look, Ruth, now isn't Boaz, whose young women you were with, isn't he our relative? In fact, he's winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. The way, everybody? The threshing floor. Okay. Naomi's trying her best to lay this thing out for Ruth because Ruth seems to be a little bit behind. <laughs> See, Naomi saw something that Ruth at the time may have been oblivious to. Naomi said, okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, let's, let's add this up. You in, you're gleaning in Boaz's field. Mm -hmm. He sees you gleaning and says, that's not good enough. I'm going, you, you harvest with the men. Mm -hmm. um, not only that, he tells his men to drop bands, I mean bundles, <laughs> in, 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 your, in your path. So you don't even have to work that hard. Mm -hmm. Girl, what's wrong with you? You better go get that bag. Naomi was trying to help her to secure the bag. See, God didn't just have bread. God didn't just have bread, Willie. He had a bag. He had a bag for Ruth. Ruth, go get the bag. But you know what, God? Y'all know what? God is so good because he puts people together for a reason. And he, he put Ruth together with Naomi to help Naomi. And he put Naomi together to help get sister girl together, Ruth together, so that she wouldn't miss out on getting, securing the bag. Now, aren't you glad that God puts people in your life? See, there's some things that we're going to miss. That's just human nature. We can't see everything. You know, you, you know two heads are better than one. You've heard that. And, and so, so it, takes, it takes God putting people together as a team to work together, to, to elevate and help one another and, 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 and help one another secure the bag, right? Naomi was that one. You know, she had the gifts of discernment. She had wisdom. She was a strategic thinker. She was a planner. Now, don't let the bitterness get throw you off, though, okay? Because though Naomi might have been bitter, she was helping Ruth to get better. Can you say amen? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need everybody, somebody in your life, you need some people in your life, you need a team in your life to help you get better in life and better at life. So we are joined together not only to help one another, but to serve one another. Just like, just like Naomi joined herself, or, or Ruth rather joined herself to Naomi to serve her and, and help her and minister to her, we should be joined together one another, one to another, unselfishly to help one another in our struggles. Amen. 
Now, I appreciate the word that's been coming, off, coming forth thus far from the book, the book of Ruth because as, part of, as, as, uh, as Pastor Rather has been bringing out, that, 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 that oftentimes we will shun people when they're struggling. You ever experienced that? Either side? Where, where, where you were being shunned because you were struggling or you, you stayed away from something because they were struggling? Come, uh, come on, come on, confess right now. It's okay. It's all right. God forgives. God heals. But God will put you together. God will put you in the middle of somebody else's struggle. So you can help, and as you're helping, you're lifting one another through your struggles. Amen? Not only that, understand this about God. God does not put together losing teams. God does not put together losing teams. God puts teams together that will win and get the bag together. Amen? All right. So look at this. Naomi has told Ruth the strategy. And Naomi says to her, verse 5, all that you say to me, I will do. Now, I love, I love Ruth's spirit. I love Ruth. I love her spirit. You know, I've come to the conclusion that the greatest hindrance to success in our lives is right here. See, because instead of listening to counsel, instead of taking advice from others or even our own advice, we want to insist on doing things our way instead of doing things God's way. See, Ruth was in a position where, where, where she went from being married to being, to being widowed with no children. And Naomi was, take, was, was in that same predicament, except she did have children, but her children died. Now, 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 now common sense would have said, well, you know, this, man, this thing is freaking me out because you got bad luck, I, I, I got bad luck, I guess, you know, we better just depart because I can do bad all by myself, right? Come on, I, I've, heard, I've heard some of us talk. We feel like we can't get with people who are not successful because that thing is like a plague. In fact, if you listen to all these success gurus out here, you know, one of the main things they tell you is you get with people that are going to get you where you want to go. <laughs> and generally speaking, that's sound counsel. But when we look at the Word of God, and in the book of Ruth in particular, that wasn't going to work. God has a way of working and moving that just doesn't make sense. And we just have to learn how to trust him when we can't trace him. We've got to, we've got to forsake our own understanding and follow him. So Ruth listens to the counsel surrenders herself to God's way and says, everything that you say, I will do. Now, real friends, because that's what Naomi and Ruth were, real friends help each other out. Real friends join with each other in their struggle. 
What's that the Bible says about friends? Um, he who would have friends must show himself friendly. All right? And, and, and you are my friends if you will. If, if, no, no, greater love, rather. Greater love has no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. Now, Ruth laid down her life. She sacrificed her goals, her agenda, her plans, her ambitions, her dreams to, 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 to join herself to Naomi, who seemed to have none of the above, whose life seemed to be over. But look at that decision. Totally selfless, totally self-denying, totally self-sacrificing, and that decision brought them, the two of them, together out of the grave of Moab into resurrection in Bethlehem. You see how God works? In totally unexpected ways. Now, I'm going to skip over this part right here. So the team of Ruth and Moab and, and, and Naomi, they were a good team, but they weren't a complete team because there was yet one more member to add to the team. And his name was Boaz. But we're not so much concerned about the name Boaz as the title that he held because the Bible tells us right here that he was the close relative. He was the kinsman redeemer, the goel in the Hebrew, right? And what did that mean to Ruth? Well, it meant everything because, because Ruth, you see, had a husband who died, but he died with an inheritance, but she couldn't have the inheritance if she did not have a husband. Now, Naomi very familiar with the, the, the virant law. She had to bring her daughter-in-law up to speed and say, look, you know, this is it. This is the key. And the man likes you. <laughs> God has given you favor, child. Somebody say favor. Look for God's favor. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me. So let me help you understand something about favor. A wise man told me that one day of God's favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. Oh, you can't shout on that. One day of God's favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. So, so here, look, literally, Ruth was working every day, working hard. Working hard for the money. So hard, honey, honey. But Naomi said, wait, wait, something, something. This, this is good, but, but, but God's got better. Child, God's got favor. And you want favor over and above working hard and laboring. So that labor that Ruth was giving, it did get her in a position, but God had favor to take her to the next level. How many of you want to go to the next level in your life? 
you know, we're all there, right? We know we want, we want better. We want better. We, we, you know, we're trying to, uh, to do the best we can with, it, with, with our experience and understanding and wisdom and knowledge, you know, but then God gives favor because it takes divine inf- influence and divine interference in our lives to promote us to where God has a position and place for us beyond our reach, beyond what we could ask or think. So Naomi and Ruth were working together, and here comes Boaz. Now, I love this story. I love this story because one thing about it is God does some crazy stuff. Now, if, if, if God's going to put, excuse me, if, 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 if we want to match folk up, You got the matchmaker app. You got match matchmaker app. You got you got some other ones like no, don't say Tinder. <laughs> I was trying not to say Tinder. <laughs> I won't give you all any ideas. <laughs> we'll go to the apps. We'll go to social media. We'll we'll you know we'll we'll go to the usual places. We'll go to the some of us will go to church. Yeah. And the wrong church, the wrong church. Some of us will go to the club. I'm going to be careful what I say here because you, I don't want you to misunderstand me now. I, I'm, I'm not endorsing going to the club. But I know some good couples that met, first met in the club. Not recommending that. But I'm not, I'm not condemning that either. Amen. So, 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 so that's, that's what we will do. You know, or you might meet somebody at the job or in school or wherever. Those are the usual avenues. But God, being God, Says, look, Boaz, <laughs> Boaz, come back, y'all, come back, come back. Boaz is going to be at the threshing floor. Girl, put on your best attire. Clean yourself up real good. Wash your hair. Polish your nails. Get dolled up. Put on your best dress. You know that red dress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With those heels. You know those heels. When you go out there, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, And you have to be careful not to step in the crack. Click, clack, click, clack. But listen, y'all, listen, listen to the illogic of this whole transaction. Because, here, okay, Naomi is telling her to get absolutely dolled up to go to one of the messiest places. You don't go dressed like a bride to go to the farm to lay down next to the green silo. I, I'm not a farmer, but I want to, I want to help you understand. I know, I know a little something. I, I, I know that doesn't make any sense to get all dressed up like that in those four-inch heels to walk out in the dirt and lay down by a, a stack of grain. But this is exactly what Naomi was telling Ruth to do. Not only that, no, hold on, hold on, we're not done. Naomi tells her, 
Now, I want you to get all dogged up, but I don't want you to reveal yourself to the man. I don't know where Ruth's mind was when she was listening to hearing all this. You know, I, 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 I don't know where her mind was because if it were me, it ain't me. But if it were me, I'd be scratching my head like, what? You want me to get all cute and not the, don't let the man see me? But I thought the whole idea okay, okay, Naomi, all right. Just go and spy on him. Come on, do y'all read the Bible like, like it's a real book? She sends her on a spy mission, dressed all up, to lay down in, 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 in barley dust and not even let the man see her. Don't let him see you, though. Then... Something you got to know about the threshing floor. Only the men went to the threshing floor. So she's really out of place. But God was positioning her. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that I'm not alone? You mean to tell me? That just because I'm the only one on my job, that doesn't mean I'm out of place. Just because I, 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 I feel like I can't even get in to fit in, that I'm not out of place. That God has placed me where I am because he has given me favor and he's going to bless me beyond what I could ask or think. I thank God for the Holy Spirit because it was nobody but the Holy Spirit that could have talked to Ruth and listened to that illogical plan of Naomi's and carried it out to the letter. Listen to God, y'all. Somebody touch, touch, touch your neighbor and say, listen to God. No matter how crazy it may sound, listen, listen. Listen to God. Now look at this. Look at this. Because we're not done. <laughs> um, Ruth gets all dressed up to go lay in barley dust to stealthily lay down at the man's feet, not make her presence known, not say, hey. <laughs> hey, Boaz. I brought you a snack. Not even to do that. Well, wait, wait, come on now. Stay. Come back, come back, come back, come back, Fred. Come back. Come back, brother. Come back. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Let's stop and pray right now. Father God, just arrest the minds and hearts. 
bring it, bring us in, bring us back, God. Bring us in, back into the text, back into the text. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. But she goes at midnight to the threshing floor. What y'all know about that? See, a lot of things happen at midnight. Or it goes down at midnight. It goes down after hours. But let me tell you, God has an after hours too now. See, yeah. See heaven's, got a, heaven's got a midnight rendezvous planned too. And it doesn't involve any mischief. It doesn't involve any carnal or fleshly things. But it involves a meetup with Jesus. And, 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 and God was just using Naomi to, 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 to talk to Ruth and counsel Ruth on how to prepare herself for a midnight rendezvous with her Redeemer. Oh, look at God. And she was ready because she didn't get distracted. Come on, y'all. She did not get distracted. She did not get detoured. She went straight to her mark. She hit her mark. And she was in the right place at the right time for God to work out the counsels of his purpose and the counsels of his will because he didn't bring her all the way from Moab just to get some bread. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. See, 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 see. Because we think, we think, we think it's all about the J-O-B. We think it's about that job. We think about that, you know, we, we got the job, but it's more than the job, baby. God wants to give you faith. See, because he'll supply your need. The Bible says that, you know, God will supply all your need. All right, Jesus said, don't even, don't even think about, you know, your daily, your daily sustenance. You know, the birds of the air eat, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the little animals, they all eat, and they don't, they don't, you know, do it like us, you know, labor and work and punch the clock and, and, and get a check. They don't worry about all that. God takes care of them. He gives them all, you know, he gives them what they need. He gives us all what we need. But beyond what we need, God has favor. Because he's working on a larger and eternal purpose. Because you understand, you know, in the, in the book of Ruth, understand this, that, that without Ruth and without Boaz, there would be no Obed. Without Obed, there'd be no Jesse. Without Jesse, there'd be no David. Without David, there'd be no Jesus. He was working out a much larger, grander purpose that meant salvation, not just for Ruth, not just for Naomi, not just for Boaz, but for the whole world. Yeah. But they had to meet up at the threshing floor. The least likely of places, the most unlikely of places. You know what? Because God wants us to meet our Redeemer uh, in the least likely of places, in the least likely of circumstances. You know, he wants us to meet Jesus. He wants us to draw closer to Jesus. He wants us to be intimate with Jesus in the most, most unattractive places sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Jesus, you know, wants to meet us. He wants us to meet him. He wants us to see him in our adversity. 
Do you have adversity? Do you have stress? Do you have setbacks? Well, let me tell you about the threshing floor. The threshing floor, see, that's the place where they would clean the grain. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, look, I, I, I worked on a farm once, organic stuff, grown on the farm, growing stuff. I managed the farm. And uh, one thing we did is that, you know, we, 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 we planted sweet corn. Yeah, this was not just the regular sweet corn. This was the hybrid sweet, like silver queen. Oh, man, y'all just don't, y'all don't know about that silver queen, though. So, so, so this corn is so sweet. Let me tell you how sweet it is. This corn was so sweet that every, 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 every other day, we had students running through, running through the, uh, the, the, uh, the corn, um, and, and uh, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Well, we're, corn, we're coming to see if it's right, ready yet. Well, it's not ready. Get, just get away. Don't mess the corn up. Don't mess the harvest up. The day that the corn was ready to harvest, you know what they did? Instead of going out and harvesting the corn, these brothers, we all, you know, in the city, they took and they grabbed the corn and shucked it and were eating it in the field. That's how good this corn was. They were shucking and eating raw corn in the field. All right? So, so, <laughs> see, not saying all that, but got to see what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'm having too much, too much fun up here. All right? But, 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 see, chaff has to be separated from the grain. You can't just go and, 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 and just, you know, eat the grain. You have to separate the, the grain, the good grain, from the chaff. So that separation process happens at the threshing floor. If you're going to meet Jesus, some stuff got to be separated out of your life. Huh? I just, yeah, yeah, you know, God had really work on me in this because you know what? I, 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 it's like I confess, Jesus knows, and I'll just let the whole world know now. Um, and when I came to this, to the, to the, to prepare to study for this day, I had an attitude. I said, Now, Lord, you know, okay, there's nothing glamorous about the book, there's no intricate theology, there's no, 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 like, 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 Okay, some some maybe outlier exegesis that that that's 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 you know like oh wow wow that's a great insight. It, it's not there. But what is there? When the Lord is getting through me, he says, he said, look, there is stuff in here to help your situation and any, anybody's situation who feels like they're going through adversity as though there were no purpose to their pain. I don't know, I'm going to repeat that because somebody needed that word. This book is for people who believe or feel like they're going through adversity as if there is no purpose to their pain. You know what it is? God has a process of separating the chaff from the grain. That separation process is a painful one because as grain, we feel like the chaff and us go together. So we want to hold on to our nasty attitudes. We want to hold on to our pride. We want to hold on to our ego. We want to hold on to our impatience. We want to hold on to our unchristlikeness, our selfishness, and all that stuff. 
and, and understand God, see, God is the purifier and refiner, and he knows what it takes to separate the chaff from us so that nothing but the pure gold of Christ's character remains. So, 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 so God's got to take us through a process, a process that oftentimes we, we, are, we find uncomfortable, that we're unwilling to go through. But God says, look, I'm just trying to clean you up to get you ready to meet your Redeemer at the thrashing floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, bad stuff happens to, to, to the grain at the threshing floor because the grain gets beaten. Yeah, you know, they're taking their th- the grain, they're beating it. They've got these, these, these huge paddles, and they're just beating the, beating the grain. Beating the, what you doing to the grain? Why are you doing that to the grain? Leave the grain alone. The grain didn't hurt you. But God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing with our lives. He knows what it takes to purify us. It's not a comfortable process. It's not a pretty process. It's a messy process. And it doesn't make sense why God would get us all dolled up just to go to the threshing floor at midnight where it's all messy. We would get stuff in our hair. We would get stuff all over our clothes and get all dirty. But God says, look, I'm just trying to clean you up. So I can bless you. Pressure is applied to the grain at the threshing floor. Yeah. So imagine that you're a kernel, a grain of barley. And this is the life cycle of the barley. The barley goes from seed to, and it germinates into a, into a small shoot and then a small root. And then pretty soon it matures into a a full-grown plant, and it's ripe, and it's ready for harvesting, and then you're cut. The stalk of barley gets cut, all right? And it's bundled with all this other barley, so they're all smushed all together real tight and close and uncomfortable. Kind of reminds me of church. And, 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 and then you're taken to this, to this place. It's just a hard, cold floor, and... and and, and all this other barley is stacked up together. And, and, and they take these paddles and, and, and smashing down the barley. They're beating down the barley. And you know what's going on? As they're beating down the barley, you know the stuff that's stuck to the barley, that's not edible, that's not good to eat? It, gets, it, all, gets, it, all, it all begins to separate out. And so next, all the, 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 the fans, the big, huge fans, and the fans will blow over their barley so that the barley, you know, is not really affected by the wind because there's so much of it and it's so heavy. But all the stuff that doesn't belong with the barley, it's, it, it, it gets scattered. It gets blown away. See, you know how we say, you know, Jesus, Jesus fix me. Now, when we say that prayer, when we pray that prayer, we got to mean what we say. Can you say amen? Because Jesus, when he hears that, he says, oh, good, I've been waiting on this. He will fix it. He will, you know, brother, you, you, you could use a lesson in humility. Let's see how this emotion feels. Let's see, let's see, let's see, you know, let's, 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 let's get some family trials in there. You know, because, you know what, you don't, y'all don't do enough praying. Y'all, 
Y'all, you know, y'all sporadic in your prayer life. You don't pray much. You pray here, there, there, little, there. You know, you know, you know little prayer, little power. You need to be praying more. So I'm going to stir some stuff up in your life so you start praying. I'm going to start. Your, your child, you know, he just kind of coasted through school. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I, I, I need, I need to, to, to instill in my child discipline so that instead of, instead of watching the TV and instead of, you know, looking at, you know, on, on, on the device with the, on the Nintendo or whatever it is, uh, it will actually crack some books. All of this is necessary to prepare us and refine us. So God can really bless us and take us to the next level. So you see, not everyone is prepared to go to the threshing floor. In fact, if there were, if there were a shortcut to bypass the threshing floor, yeah, we would take that. So I could pass all that up. I ain't going to go through all that. Well, let me say something. Jesus said something. He said, you know what? Y'all are going to go through great tribulation. I'm just letting you know now, you're going to go through it. It's going to happen. But he also says, be of good cheer. Because when you go through it, I'm right there with you. You're not going to the threshing floor to be alone because I'm there to meet you. I'm your redeemer, and I'm going to help you. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I got to wrap this up. I got to wrap this up. One thing about it, when you go through that process, God is doing something amazing. You know what? It's a miracle that God can save us. No, really. No, really. It's a miracle that God can save us because he takes us from something that we love so much and so dearly, sin, sin itself, and he separates us, and he 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 rebirths us, and, and he, he takes us through a process where we begin to look at sin the same way that he looks at it. We begin to feel about sin the same way that he feels about it. And we begin to feel about him the way that he feels about us. That's the process. That can only go down at the threshing floor. God must strip us of everything and reduce us down to nothing so that he can build us back up again, make us brand new, and give us everything. Yeah. Yeah. So if you find yourself at the threshing floor, rejoice, God says, because your Redeemer is there. He's there. You might lose everything, but you'll also find everything that you need at the threshing floor. James says in James 1 verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Produces what? Produces what? That, that word that we don't like. We don't like patience. No, we don't. I don't want to wait in this line. We'll find a short line at Walmart. And be racing against the old, the, the, the old lady trying to, get the, trying to get there first. Now, you done forgot all your Christ and all your manners. Cutting off that old lady. You're trying to get there with her two little items of grocery. Shame on you. 
my brother counted on joy, joy, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Guess what, y'all? Patience still works. That you may be com- perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without approach, and it will be given him. Something I'm learning God is teaching me as I'm growing older, wiser, hopefully, prayerfully. Just be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with others. And wait on God. God knows what he's doing. He is working this thing out. I know that the threshing floor process is a painful process. It's a stripped-down process. It's a humiliating process, but God is in the process. God has a purpose for the pain, a greater purpose, because he's working out your greater glory. Yes. Peter says, beloved, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding J-O-Y joy. God wants to give you joy. Is that, is that good news? He wants to give us joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed or happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So can we just right now just stop and give God praise for the dressing floor? Can we just give a thanks? Can we just hallelujah? Can somebody just stand up and just declare to God? Raise your hand. Thank God. Thank you for my trials that I'm going through. Thank you, though I don't understand what it is or why it is. I trust you that you're bringing me through. And if I'm patient, if I learn how to wait, you can bring me through to the place of blessing and favor and the greater, grander, and larger purpose that you have for my life. Yes, there is a purpose for my pain. There is a plan in this process. And God, the power of surrender, will bring me from Moab to Bethlehem. As I come to a close, a man prayed one day. He said, God, I love you so much. I just love you, love you, love you. I love you, love you, love you so much. God, can you just please grant me just one thing in my prayer? Can you just please? Because I love you so much. Can you please just bring me closer to you? Well, God heard that prayer. And so the following days, weeks, and months were full of agony. This man, he, well, first he lost his children. 
child went astray, you know, he raised him up in the church, sent him to church school, and, and then, you know, he just one day said, Dad, I'm out, peace. Lost his child. Then he lost his child. He lost his wealth. God, what's going on? What, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Then his health began to fail. Lord, my Lord, I've served you faithfully all this time. God, what, what, what have I done? What have I done to deserve this? Lord, won't you help me, please? And in his agony and in his despair, one day he looked up from his hospital bed. The sun was shining in through the window. And then on the ledge of that window, he was high up, high up in the hospital. On the ledge of that window, there was a blue monarch butterfly. And he strained to pull himself up in the hospital bed and, 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 and look because he had never seen a blue monarch butterfly up so high. And as he looked at that butterfly, he began to, 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 to meditate on, well, wow. Did this butterfly get so high up? And then, then it dawned on him the process that the butter, monarch butterfly goes through. You know that before that butterfly becomes a butterfly, it's first a caterpillar. And then it goes into a cocoon. And you know, when it goes into that cocoon, it's dark. It's cramped as, as you know, as, as it, as it, you know, because the larvae, it, 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 it's, it's all cramped up. And, and, uh, and as it's crowing in there, it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And, 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 and you know what happens? While, while the larvae is in the cocoon, in the dark, struggling, it's developing the muscles. And the muscles are getting stronger and stronger. It can't get out yet because it's not time yet. It still has to stay in the cocoon. It still has to struggle in the cocoon. It's dark in there. It's lonely in there. It's isolated in there, but it's still growing. And it's still struggling. And as long as it's in the dark, in the cocoon, growing and struggling, it's on the right path. So as the, as the larvae begins to develop and get stronger and stronger, and those muscles are getting larger and larger through exercise, it begins to, to get strong enough to begin to pierce through the cocoon. <laughs> but then there's another problem. The, the lava has grown so big that, 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 that it can't get through the cracks in the cocoon. So it's still struggling. 
and it, and it, and it, and its strength at this point, its strength is not helping it because the bigger those muscles are, the harder it is to get through the cracks. So you know what the you want you know what the lava has to do? It has to squeak get through the cracks to emerge from the cocoon as a beautiful monarch butterfly. See, you might be in the cocoon right now, struggling. You might be on the threshing floor right now, struggling. It's dark in there. It's isolated in there. But you're struggling. And as long as you're fighting, as long as you're believing, as long as you're praying, as long as you're fasting, as long as you're worshiping, the process that God is, is, is taking you through is preparing you for God to bless you and you will emerge with the image of Christ. We were created for his glory and for his image. So, I will invite those of you who understand now that the threshing floor is necessary in order for us to see, to meet our Redeemer and be closer to him. I want you to stand up where you are and say, God, I understand your process. I may not receive it the way I should, but I want to surrender to your process. I want to meet you at the threshing floor. None of it makes sense. It defies logic. It will drive you to your knees. It will cause you to shed tears into your pillow at night. And sometimes during the day, but God, I, 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 I submit myself, I surrender myself to the process because it's a growth process. And at the end of the process, there will, there will be a purpose to the pain and, there, and you'll turn my pain into praise. In fact, I'm going to praise you right now. I'm going to worship you right now because you're in charge of this. You're in charge of my process. You're in charge of my life, and, 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 and you're doing things. Though I don't understand what you're doing, you're doing all the right things. So help me do the right things and just surrender to what you're doing. Yeah, I, 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 I hear that you've been having it rough. But you're not alone. You're not alone. God is preparing a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Because the glory that's to be revealed in you, in your life, is greater than any pain that you're going through, any pressure that you're under, any stress and duress that's putting you to the test. 
Because God wants to turn your trials into triumphs. He wants to turn your, your pain into praise. He wants to turn your pressure uh, into, into, into growth. And he wants to turn your, your, uh, your, 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 your midnight of sorrow into the eternal day of rejoicing. That's what God is working on. He knows what he's doing. Last part of this appeal. Because our adversity is God's opportunity. Adversity is not our enemy. It's not. Adversity, believe it or not, is not our enemy. Adversity is our friend. Adversity is God's tool that he uses to refine us, to purify us, to bring us to that threshing floor and purify us and make us like the pure gold that he wants to make us, the pure grain that he wants to preserve. You want to go to the next step and say, God, I welcome, I don't dread, I welcome your work in my life. I welcome the adversity that you send into my life. I welcome the challenges. I welcome the test because your tests are going to bring out my best. And I want to be the absolute best that I can be for Jesus. If that's you, won't you come down? Won't you come down? We're going to pray. I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I need a prayer. We need a prayer for this. We need a prayer to say, God, I welcome it. I receive it because adversity is not against me. Adversity is for me. And in fact, adversity is what I need because Jesus is, in, is at the threshing floor and Jesus is the adversity. Adversity is Jesus. Jesus working in my life. of the noise and confusion because it's a noisy process but we still got to listen to him speaking to us and you know what he's saying you know what he's saying in, in, in all of it he's saying I'm right here I'm not going anywhere I'm right here with you to bring you through that, 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 that job layoff, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. That promotion that they passed you over for, I'm right here. Those, those, those grades in school that, 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 that dropped, though you struggled and did the best you could and studied as hard as you could, I'm right here. That heartbreaking loss, I'm right here. I'm here for you. Seek me out. Lay down at my feet. I'm here for you to help you. 
We're praying. We're praying. God, thank you for reminding us that adversity is your university to teach us precious and eternal lessons and draw us closer to you. Closer than we otherwise could be. Thank you, God, for not making it a, 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 a cakewalk. Thank you for not making it a walk in a park. Thank you, God, for not giving us a, 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 bear, a, a, uh, a rose garden. We thank you, Lord, for trials. We thank you for the adversity. We thank you for the afflictions that try us, that purify us, that draw us closer to you as we reach out to you and cry out to you in humble dependence and say, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm going through it. We're going through it. There are things happening, uh, going on in, in, in our homes, in our schools, and, and at the job, uh, uh, and in life. We don't understand God, and, and it, it causes us sometimes to cry. It's all, it causes us sometimes frustration. It causes us pain. It causes us tears, God, and it causes us fear. But we need not fear because, God, you are right in the midst of the adversity. You're answering the cry of our heart that says, God, I love you so much. I want to be close to you. And you're saying, I hear you, and I'm doing the very things necessary to make that happen. And God, we just want to submit and surrender ourselves to your process because we need you, God, in this. Because I don't, I dare not, I will not go through this alone. I refuse to go through this and face this stuff alone. I can't do it. I don't have it in me to do it alone, God. I need you, Daddy. I need you. We need you, God. Please be with us, God. Help us not to leave nor forsake you. Help us not to lose you in the dark, Father. Show us your light. Help us to hold on and hold out until you show up and show out, God. Because we need you. We need you, God. If somebody here wants to take that ultimate step and commit themselves entirely to God through baptism or rebaptism. God, I'm surrendering. I, I lost my way, but I'm coming back home. If that's you, I want you to make your way up front. If you're not already up here, I want you to come up front and step step close to the podium, step close to the preacher. Come closer. Don't be afraid. God wants to cover you with his wings. He wants to put you under his protection. He wants to put you under his power. And the only way God can do that is full surrender. Full surrender. Let him take control. Let him be in charge of your life. Let him be, let him be in charge of your heart. Let him hold your heart in his hands because he's the only one who can keep your heart and save you.
Father God, Father God, we just, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you're teaching us that it all doesn't have to be all good all the time for you to be faithful, Lord. No, you're, you're, you're more faithful to us in our distress than at any other time in our lives. You're more faithful to us when we're going through. You are most faithful to us when we need you the most. And we're so thankful for that, God. Thank you for reminding us of, of the, uh, that's that of us of that and, and, and reminding us that you're right here with us, never leaving nor forsaking us. Our present location is not our final destination. Because you're bringing us somewhere. You're leading us somewhere. And you're doing whatever it takes, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're doing whatever it takes to bring us to that place. So yes, yes, yes. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. That's all we're saying today. That's all we're saying. Just have your way. In the name of Jesus, let all who agree say hallelujah. Bless God and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Give him a praise. Give him a crazy praise. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Give him a praise. Adversity is God's university. God's university. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. I'm so thankful that we serve a God that allows everybody to pass his university. Amen. Amen. Um, somebody say faithful. Say it a little bit louder. Somebody say faithful. If any of you are happy that we serve a faithful God, just wave at me. I'm happy that we serve a faithful God, and he has allowed us to make it to the end of 2018. Amen? Um, he's so faithful, and I know sometimes, oftentimes, we don't find ourselves being as faithful as God has been to, to us. I don't know if there's them. I'm the only one, but sometimes God's been so faithful to us, and we are not. Uh, we don't find ourselves being that faithful. So what I do want to encourage you as the deacons are coming forward to collect um, the afternoon's tithe and offering, I want to encourage us to be faithful. Somebody say faithful. Somebody